Welcome to the Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now, here's your host, Marianne Dersch. Hello, my gorgeous friend. Welcome to another episode of the Influential Nonprofit. Yes, I am your host. My name is Mary Anders. My company is Courageous Communication. I help nonprofit leaders grow their influence, which means getting people they have no authority over to do what they want them to do. And I know in your life, you have so many people you don't have authority over and you need them to do something. Your board, your donors, your volunteers, your supporters, even heck, the people you do have authority over. And I teach you exactly how to enroll people in your vision building a community of support so you don't have to do it alone, so you can grow your mission and you can do it from a loving, beautiful, energy-rich place. Today, I'm going to revisit a concept I've shared in the past, and I have some new context for it, and I'm really excited about it. I talk a lot in my work around reframing the stories we tell to serve us better because our thoughts shape our words and our words shape our reality. Here's the secret to your thinking. It's a big secret, so get ready. Your brain can't process a negative. Our brains do not know how to process a negative. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. I mean that if you tell your kid, don't run in the street, your brain goes, run in the street. You never even thought about running in the street until I said run in the street. If I tell you, don't think of a pink elephant. Okay, now we're all thinking of a pink elephant. Our brains don't process a negative. So it's important for us to speak in a language of what we want instead of what we don't want. Because we say, I don't want to gain weight. Your brain goes, gain weight. Now you're working against your biology, your biochemistry, your brain's programming. And in the battle over you versus your brain's programming, unless you intentionally rewire your brain, you will lose. And so a lot of times, and the way we tell our nonprofit story is in a negative. We want to prevent something. We want to prevent homelessness. But what people hear is homelessness and they hear the negative. And so I want to share a concept with you. I shared it before when I talked in my episode about the philanthropic heart. I shared with you Tony Robbins' hierarchy of needs, and I want to use that principle and of how we can tell our nonprofit stories better. But first, I want you to hear from an amazing um, nonprofit thought leader and leader in his name is Jamile, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Cannon. He's out of Chicago. He runs an organization called The Block. It's the the B-L-O-C, Block. Now, I teach people to stand in their value, to be authentic, to say, to speak their truth so that you can connect with like-minded people. Because as you know, if you listen to me at all, you can't make people care about your nonprofit and that's not your job. Your job is to stand in your truth and your value and attract like-minded people. This guy does this. And I want you to listen to what he's saying about how we talk about um, nonprofits our missions and our message in the negative. If you're watching this, I'm going to share my screen and play this TikTok, which is about a minute long. Again, his name is Jamile. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. J-A-M-Y-L-E Cannon, C-A-N-N-O-N. You can find him on TikTok. You know, the point he's making is exactly the point I'm saying, like, when we create negative, when we talk about things in a negative or a mission to stop something negative, that is a lower energetic than if we want to create something positive. And he started talking about how like our mission is to make every kid feel lucky to be born in the neighborhood they're born in. That is such a different 
thing, then I want to keep kids off the streets, right? Jail, juvenile detention can keep kids off the streets. Like, come on now, what are we creating? What vision are we creating? What world are we creating? And because people get excited about a vision. Yes. And it is important to relieve pain. It is important to, you know, feed hungry people. But if we're feeding hungry people, if we are going to stop or relieve hunger, what are we creating on the other side of that? Is it a world where food is easily accessible? Is it a world where families have the resources to feed their families? Is it a world where every kid goes to bed feeling full and happy? That is a new vision that we can organize our energy around and people get excited about. And I want to show you like why that is. And I want to encourage you to look at your own messaging and look at it in a way and say, you know, are we mired in the negative? Is there a better story we can tell? And, you know, how I work with people is I help individuals tell better stories about who they are and what their value is. So they and then can then help their organizations tell better stories about who they are and what their value is. And so that's what we're going to work on. I'm going to share my screen again. I'm going to describe something. And if you are listening to this, again, I always put my podcasts on YouTube. So if you want to go back through and watch this, but I will work on describing it very thoroughly so you can listen and absorb the information, but you can always go back and just watch the YouTube video, courageouscommunication.com forward slash podcast as both the audio and video version. If you want to get super clear about what I'm describing. Okay. Tony Robbins. Now you can take him or leave him. Oh, I want to tell you this. There's a documentary about Tony Robbins called I Am Not Your Guru. Now, Tony Robbins knows that the brain cannot process a negative. And he knows I am not your guru. It's like we hear guru, you know? So you just take that for what it's worth. Either way, this is a model that I like and I use all the time. And I really want us to understand how we can shift the stories we tell about our organization to have more excitement and more energy and have a more vision so that we can connect people to the vision and the future we want to build. Because that's the truth about philanthropy is what we're doing is calling people into a higher, better version of themselves and a higher and better version of our organization, a higher and better version of the folks that we work with. And I want to share this model with you. Okay. Tony has the six human needs. All right. And you might've heard of like Maslow's human needs. Can you hold on? I don't know if we can see that high. I did this too high on my sheet. Hold on just a sec. Let me start again. He's got these six human needs. Okay. And that fits better. And I like to write them like this from the bottom up. The first need is certainty. I only spell poorly certainty when I'm writing and people are watching. Okay. Certainty, that's our feeling of safety or support. We want to come home to the same home every day. We want certainty. We want to know that our car is going to be there when we open the door in the morning. When we don't have certainty, our world gets a little bit turbulent. I recently, like one of the people in my program, uh, they moved offices and she's like, I don't know why there's all this drama in moving office. I'm like, well, you mess with people's sense of certainty. That's one of their six human needs. They want to know where their desk is. That's a thing, right? The other one is certainty, all right? That's sort of the low energetic. That certainty, I kind of look at that lower chakra, like that first chakra of at the base of your tailbone, that feeling of safety and support, a feeling grounded in your body. 
that is that certainty. And then number two, that's one is variety or uncertainty. You're like, wait, we wanted certainty. Now we don't want certainty. Well, the un variety means I want to have food every day, but I just want, don't want to eat the same thing. I want variety. I want a variety of experiences. I want to know that there are certain things that are stable in my life, but then I will have a variety of experiences. And then there's e significance. Significance is, and I did not, I'm sure I did not spell that right. God, why can't I spell like when I'm doing this? Significance is about ego. Okay. We all have an ego. It's totally okay to have an ego. We all get significance from certain things. I get significance from like the shoes that I wear or when I sing karaoke and I know I sound really good and I get a little spicy on stage, you know, that gives me, and people are like, oh, that was so amazing. Like, yeah, thank you. It's okay to have an ego. That's why donors want their name on the wall. We all have egos. Totally cool. Sometimes I feel like the ego gets a bad rap. It's not bad to have an ego. Totally entitled to an ego. Now, now we're going to make a shift. And this is how I interpret this, um, especially in the area of fundraising. Number four is love and connection. Of course, we all want to be loved and connected with, right? We want love and connection. We want to feel love. We want to be connected to a community. We want to feel a part of something. You know, one of the deepest fears we have is being alone because humans were tribal animals. Getting kicked out of the tribe would mean destruction or death. So it was our survival meant not facing rejection, getting along with people and being part of a community. We have a significant need for love and connection. Number five is growth, personal, professional, spiritual growth. Love it. Six, contribution. That means giving back. That means I want to give back. So when we ask people to donate, we're actually assessing their highest order of need. I'm going to run through them again. Certainty, right? That means feeling safe, variety, having new experience. Significance is the ego, love and connection, feeling connected to community, growth, that per personal, professional, religious, spiritual, emotional growth, having those opportunities and experiences, and then contribution, the ability to give back. Now, here's how I look at these. Most of us fundraise or talk about our organization and these lower order needs, right? And these typically are going to relieve a pain, right? We want certainty. We want to keep kids off streets. We want to end homelessness. And we might create a variety of experiences and programs for people to do that and to create significance in their life by ha having a home or getting something to eat. That's from a programming standpoint. Let's look at it from a donor relation standpoint. Certainty that our organization is stable and it'll be around. Variety, meaning we're going to have different kinds of experiences. We're not going to share the same story every time or, you know, like we'll do the event every year, that certainty, but every time you come, it's a little bit different. That's meeting the need of variety. And then there's ego. We send a thank you. You know, we are grateful. Then what we're missing out are these higher order relationships. So when we talk about love and connection, so it, like, let's talk about like hunger, the issue of hunger, like how can we help people? How can we create a vision for hunger, for feeding people that has love and connection, that has growth opportunities, 
that is opportunities for people that we're serving to give back. And sometimes we dismiss that, oh, they're going through crisis. They don't want to give back. But we have to remember when the time is right, it is the highest order of need for people to contribute. So instead of talking about a negative about what we're going to keep certain or safe, we talk about a vision we have for the future and the love and connection we want to create, the growth and we want to create, and the contribution everyone involved can make to everyone else's benefit. So when Jamil talks about an organization that wants kids to be like, feel so lucky that they were born in this neighborhood, they're, when they feel that lucky, they're getting their six needs met. They're going to have um, certainty, variety, significance, definitely love connection, definitely opportunities to grow, and definitely opportunities to give back to their community because that's what makes us excited. And so when you look at this and we what we do is what we were taught to do, which I call, other people have called poverty porn, is we're taught to like, we highlight the negative. These people are suffering. These people are hungry. We have to relieve this. And I understand that there are struggling, hurting people. I absolutely 100% do. And also we can talk about what are we creating? What are we building? Because when we do that, we tend to emphasize love and connection, growth and contribution. My really good friend, Amy Fazio, who's a fundraising consultant, says people come for the cause, they stay for the community. And why is that? Because they're getting their fourth need met of love and connection and probably growth. No, if you look at your board, any relationship that you have, and you're like, hey, this relationship isn't going so well, my board isn't that engaged, or you know, my volunteers, then you look and say, how well am I meeting all six of their human needs? And chances are you're probably missing a few. You know, when I was on a board, we um, once a year, you do this thing, you get on a bus and the bus takes you to all these different agencies. And it's basically an opportunity for us to grow in our understanding of the issues that kids in foster care face. That's the organization I was on the board for. It was an opportunity to connect with other board members because we were on the bus the other day. And it was an opportunity then to increase our contribution because we understood on a deeper level what some of the issues were. So when we look at that higher energetic of not, I need to stop this, we have to end this, it is we choose to create a world or a community or a culture or a school or a, you know, that values this, where people feel like this. And that is something people can get behind. And also, I just want to add one more thing to this is you can't prove a negative. So if your job is to prevent child abuse, it's going to be hard for you to say we prevent child abuse because you can't say what didn't happen. And so organizations that are in the prevention business, they often struggle with this because how can we prove that like these many people didn't attempt suicide or these many people weren't hurt, you know, we can't say what, we can't prove what didn't happen, but we can talk about what did happen. So by switching our thinking from stopping things from happening to what we want to create, the world we want to create, if our role, if our organization says we want to end child abuse, first of all, no client is ever going to walk through that door. They can't, how are they they probably don't see themselves as abusers if they don't want to, aren't ready to. And, and that's kind of a, a really a low energetic 
the other side of preventing child abuse would be creating strong, healthy families, creating connected communities, you know, what are we creating? We're creating a world where every parent feels capable and excited to care for their child. We're creating a world where kids thrive, you know, no matter their parents' circumstance or income. We can create a world because like he was saying in that video, that feels so much better like to the people in the community. Like, what are you saying about the people that you work with, that you benefit, that, you know, our job is to keep kids off the streets. What are you saying about how much you value those people and their community and who they are and their families? Like, like we want to create a world where every teen is valued, where every teen has opportunity. You know, like what, like, I want to create a world where like teenagers are excited to create the future of their dreams. I was just thinking about my teenager when I was thinking about that, like, okay, that's something I can get behind. Now, part of that is, you know, maybe not being on the streets. (laughs) That part of it is like, maybe not getting involved in gang activity. That's just not the end of it. That's just part of it. That's just that low need of for certainty. You know, there's the the language that we use is really important. So I want you to think about this language because it goes right along with like the raising of the vibe. It's like, you know, I must do it. I have to do it. I need to do it. I want to do it. I choose to do it. We said, I need to like, oh, I really need to get that done. I need to do that. That is obligation, which comes from guilt and shame. I want to do it. I desire to do it. Like I want to do it. Like I want to do it, but I'm not really connecting yet. So we want to create this. No, we choose to, or we are, we are creating, not we're trying to create. We want to create, we need to create, we are creating. It is called the energy of choice. And when you say, here's the future we are choosing for ourselves, for our organization, for the individuals who work in our organization, for the people that we serve inside this organization and the community beyond it, this is what we choose. That's a really, really high vibe. And your donors will be excited about it and new people will be attracted to it. I guarantee 100%. People want to be connected to a vision, to something that's greater than themselves. And I just want to add one more antidote about this. I was doing, I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago. I was speaking at a national conference and I was explaining and I, somebody said, you know, we have, we have people on our board who are mandated to be there because they receive the benefits of our services. Okay. Makes sense. And they don't often have time. They don't often have money. And I just have a hard time asking them for anything. And I said, I understand, of course, you don't want to, you know, burden people who you feel like are already, you may be struggling financially or, you know, whatever whatever brought them to your organization in the first place. And I said, and also, let me just show you that what you're doing there is disconnecting them from a significant human need. So instead of maybe the traditional methods that people connect, which is time and money, what other ways could they contribute? Because by saying, I don't know how they can contribute, we're really denying them that those three higher orders of needs, which is connection, Feel like because if they contributed at a higher level, of course they would feel more connected to the other people on the board. Growth for them, being able to lead and step up maybe in a new way 
or to a new group and contribution, being able to give back. And anyone in any circumstance has all of these needs and has the need to give back, even if it's just in a limited way. You you see people in in struggle and the first thing they want to do is help someone else in struggle because they are there with them. And I'm not saying exploit people, ask too much of people. I'm saying open your mind and understand that everyone has a need to contribute. And when we create communities where everyone is valued for their contribution, everyone's operating at the highest level. And that is some high vibe stuff, my friend. High vibe stuff. All right, that is it for me. I will put the link to this TikTok in my show notes. I will put and um, so that you can go back and watch it. And feel free to watch this YouTube if you want to see me draw out the order of needs. And really take a good, loving look at the messaging, at the stories that you tell. The stories that you tell yourself about your life, about your work the stories that about your value, the stories that your organization tells about their work. And if you feel like there's a discrepancy there where maybe there's an opportunity to shift our thinking to tell a better story, reach out to me. I am happy to have a quick call with you. If I can help you further, I'll let you know that at least you're going to get farther down the path than you were. And, you know, and I'm happy to help you because I really believe This is all wrapped up with like community-centric fundraising, all like where we're really shifting the paradigm and how we talk about the folks that we serve, about our missions and the work we do and the change we want to make. And this is all a part of it. Well, and that's it for me. That's it for me on this episode of The Influential Nonprofit. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do. I appreciate doing the work in the mix every day. And my goal, my life's mission is to serve you, to help you understand the value you bring and the kind of leader you are so you can raise the vibe of everyone around you and we're just going to raise the vibe of the whole world. Easy peasy task, easy peasy task. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you next time on The Influential Nonprofit. Thanks for listening to The Influential Nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dersch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also, check out theinfluentialnonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence so you can raise more and do more.